uh, in pest control, you know, the two largest methods of growth are obviously one digital marketing and um, in attracting the customers uh, to your business through a simple search term, which is pest control near me and voice search that's dominating now. But then it's also still, um, you know, a, the biggest pest control companies that are growing the fastest are still door knocking. And so they're sending a lot of people um, door to door, but it's still very much a data driven process. There's a, a ton of data now that's going into that process of putting you onto the right door. And so um, for us, it is a balance between uh, science and mathematics and 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 uh, trying. All right, uh, welcome everyone to the next episode of the Business Blind Spots Exposed podcast. We've got people connecting in from all over the place. So the first thing I would ask is if you're listening in, please tell us who you are and where you're connecting in from. Uh, we've got people who connect from all over the world, uh, most from the United States. Love to see who you are and uh, if you will even care to tell us what you're listening in for. I would, I would love to hear that and it would help Ross and I shape this conversation to, to serve you better uh, in answering questions. I'm going to start by telling you a little bit about the Business Blind Spots uh, podcast. For me personally, I've found that when I've run companies, the better I understand what's happening in my company, the better I can make decisions. But if I don't know what is happening in my company, I don't know the narratives or the stories or sort of the subcultures that are running in my company, I can't control it. And I probably, I'm probably being hurt by it somehow because it's going to blindside me. So as soon as I started asking others, hey, what's going on in your company today? And then, uh, ah, they, that, you know, that's happening in my company too. I started getting smarter. The purpose of the Blind Spots podcast is to start hearing from industry veterans, experts, coaches, people who just have been there and done that to start sharing some of those stories. And that's why I bring the people who I do to the podcast so they can share some of the stories and narratives that they have seen. And hopefully it helps you. But today I got Ross Mawinney from Lobster Marketing. And the topic is data-driven insights into customers. I'll talk about myself personally. I can't tell you how many times I like to think I know what my customers want. <laughs> the only way to really find out is to ask and to listen and to study. So I'm excited about having Ross here because I think he's going to be able to tell us a little bit about that and kind of what he and his company do in marketing do around that. But let me introduce you to Ross and give you a little bit of background who he is. And then I'll be quiet for a little bit because I think you want to hear from Ross. So what I've learned about Ross is that he's from an entrepreneurial family, uh, working in and around milling, uh, construction, just lots of what I'll call the blue collar entry type roles and, and jobs. He started his first business at 16 in construction. I think I heard windows and siding. Is that right? Yeah. Mostly. Yeah, anything. Yeah. So, Whatever somebody would pay a 16-year-old to do, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Opportunistic at the, at, at, at the greatest, right? Had my first employees then, too. I don't think that was quite legal, but, but we did. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a the, – I call it the five-beer conversation. At some point in time, we'll have to do five beers. I'm sure there's a lot of conversation. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but – it seemed like over time, marketing is what you have always been drawn to. So you joined in 2014, you joined Lobster Marketing. You didn't start it, but you joined in. And as a result of sort of the impact that you've had in the company, you've now moved into the CEO role of Lobster yep. Marketing. 
seems like a uh, from a person who started sixteen, starting their own company, hanging siding win- windows and doing siding, to CEO of uh, um, Lobster Marketing. Seems like it must have been a fun fun journey so far. Is that a is that a is well, that a good word to put on it? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't call it orthodox for sure. It's <laughs> definitely it's definitely been an interesting journey for sure. It's been. Uh, definitely my own story, but uh, yeah, it's been been quite a journey. A lot of different experiences. It's been great. So, so let's talk about customers, right? Uh, this idea of customer discovery—it's something that you know in all the companies I've run, I had an idea. I said, "Here's a solution. I'm going to do this for somebody." Then I go out and you know build it, and they will come, as uh, Kevin Costner said in the movie. Right? They don't. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't show up. They're, they're too busy with their own shit. <laughs> so how do you, I mean, you run a marketing company for a lot of pest control companies focused specifically on pest control. Where, how do you tune that thinking for people in terms of they don't, you build it and they come, they don't. How do you get people to show up at your doorstep saying, hey, hey I need some of that? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's an interesting position that we're in because we do represent a ton of pest control companies so we're able to uh, focus in you know on that specific consumer but I, I think there's some some pieces that are uh, pretty much standard in this world whether you're a service or your e-commerce or whatever you're doing and um, you know at this point um, the the gate uh, for us and for most people is Google right it, it is it is search and so um, you got to understand I think that your customer is theirs first, you know, ultimately it's, it's Google's customer first and they're trying to put in front of their customer, the best product they can. And so you've ultimately uh, got to show Google that that's you, that you're, you're the best product that they can put in front of that customer. And so uh, in pest control, you know, the two largest methods of growth are obviously one digital marketing and um, in attracting the customers uh, to your business through a simple, search term which is pest control near me and voice search that's dominating now but then it's also still um you know a the biggest pest control companies that are growing the fastest are still door knocking and so they're sending a lot of people um door to door but it's still very much a data driven process there's a, a ton of data now that's going into that process of putting you onto the right door and so uh, for us it is a balance between uh, science and mathematics and and, and uh, trying to deconstruct what Google determines as their, their best customer and art. And how do, how do you um, paint a picture that you, you are that best customer? And, and that's, that's the, the interesting world of marketers where they live in this, this realm of a combination of those two things of science and art. And so, um, you know, again, that first realization that man, Google has a customer, they're trying to deliver uh, the best product they can to that customer. And that's how they're viewing you. And so your, your business, you know, a lot of, the older way of thinking about things is I got my sign, I got my storefront as a service company. My, my business is what you see when you walk up or what you experience when you get on the phone with someone. Um, and ultimately, at this point, the, the way that commerce has, has moved, it's who view, Google views you as. It's who your view, virtual representation of yourself is um, that, that Google is looking at and is really... Um, you know, at this point saying, no, who you are virtually is who you really are. You know, what people are saying about you and, and what we can find out about you virtually, that's that's who you really are at this point. And so that's just a huge shift that's happened in the last 15 years that uh, has been dramatic. So so I, I hope you don't mind. I'm, I always am jotting down notes as I'm kind of learning things here. And the first thing that I heard is uh, 
uh, and I'm, I'm kind of distilling this into kind of take home messages here, right? Uh, blind spots. <laughs> uh, the first is that Google is the gatekeeper, right? You, you, that is yeah. a fundamental shift in thinking. You got to think Google is the gatekeeper. And if they're the gatekeeper, I mean, I, I'm thinking back to back when I was younger, and I used to go to bars a lot. I mean, the, the bouncer at the door, if he's going to let me in in front of the line, he or she is going to let me in front of the line. What do I know about them on their terms? So they'll say, yeah, but now you don't have to stand behind, you know, 400 people. Uh, go ahead, right? Uh, you get to the front of the line. So you need to under have that relationship with Google, at least understand what they're looking for. And once you start to think like that, that's when you'll start to push up in that ranking, right? And I, and I love that elegant way of describing that. But the second part I heard was, is it's a balance between the science and the math. Uh, Google is a massive, massive company by many, many definitions. They're not, you're not going over there and shaking a hand and sliding a 20 to the guy so that he lets you in the door, right? No. That's right. They care about the numbers, right? So how are you putting the numbers in front of them so that they say, yeah, this one gets through? Am, am I am I wrapping that up the right way? Yeah, no, that's correct. Yep. Yep. It makes a lot of sense. So this is as a company, that's that's what you guys do, right? You guys sit there and <laughs> you guys are pals with the bouncer. <laughs> I don't know how it got to the bouncer analogy, but it seems to be working. We just watch them all, you know, that one went in, that one didn't, that one went in, that one didn't, right? And then try to make the conclusions about why and recreate that, right? So, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, to break it down for me a little bit more, right? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, and I think this is where the analogy starts to come apart in my mind. It's it's not one bouncer, right? Because Google is the bouncer, but there's lots of different geographies. There's lots of different types of services, lots yeah. of different types of consumers. And Walk me through that a little bit. Yeah, so, you know, an interesting piece of the local search. So if you're a service company, um, you know, Google has, is, there's a whole different world of SEO that is, is in existence now, which is local SEO. And so you have a Google My Business listing and GMB listing. And so um, you can think of that as you used to have a single homepage on the internet or a single website. And now you have um, at least two. If you have a lo single location, then you've got two. You've got your your website, your homepage, um, but then you have your Google My Business listing, which is um, their uh, page that they have dedicated to you uh, for you to talk about yourself um, and for them to display information that they can gather on you. Um, and, you know, they, over the last five years, have opened that up more and more to manipulation. Of course, marketers love to manipulate things, so that's that's where we, that's where we find our in. And so, you know, at this point, you can you can go in and, and manipulate those listings to better represent you uh, and the message that you're trying to, to get across. Uh, and so what Google then is, is going to do is look at all these different factors. And, of course, we don't know exactly what these factors are, but we know some rank higher. The the reviews that you have, you know, if, if customers aren't happy with you, then they're not going to put you in front of, of their customers. Um, the amount of information that you're presenting, how many of their customers have you helped in the past, all those types of things. Uh, but then also, uh, what is the information you're presenting um, to Google and allowing them to display to that customer? All of those pieces get uh, put together into uh, uh, an opinion of you that Google has, and then they're going to determine whether you know this person is searching and trying to solve their problem. If you're the one that's going to answer that or not, so there's um, you know two worlds now that you kind of have to optimize for. The one is the website, and you can't separate them. Google's looking at them both at the same time, but one is your website, and the other is this Google listing that's happening, and and um, and so um, you know the the goal is to 
identify what are the best practices that Google's looking for. And, and I think that's the first, that's the science side of it, of what are the best practices. I know that if I have um, no reviews or poor reviews, I need to work on that if I want Google to put me in front of my, my customers or their customers. Um, I, I know that if I don't have a website with any content or anything that's been happening for a number of years, then Google's going to look at me as a little stagnant and they're going to ding me for that. So I'm looking for, um, do I have errors on my sites? Do I have uh, problems that the searcher is going to run into and trying to determine, okay, how do I bring my presence into best practices? There's some standard best practices. And so that's the science side. You got to go through the box and boxes and check them on a very basic level of, am I meeting the best practices? But then the art side is really more about who that individual business is. And so even like in our situation where we work with so many different pest control companies, it's really amazing that they're not the same. You know, even even companies that you would think are very much the same offer similar services, the way they talk about themselves, the way um, they want to interact with their customers, those things are different. And so that's the artistic side where you're you're trying to uh, take the real personality of that individual business and represent that on top of those best practices that that Google has um, put together out there. And so, um, you know, for me, um, kind of an interesting story that ties to the blind spots is that my first interactions with SEO, search engine optimization, the first time I ever heard that term, I think I was probably like 18, 19, and my father had um, a wholesale and mail order. So I actually took the brochures in the mail and send them out uh, Christmas uh, Christmas wreath business, so uh, main Christmas wreaths. And he was trying to, without any knowledge of a computer, really, <laughs> figure out how he's going to sell online because everybody was doing that. This has been nine, <laughs> late 90s, you know. And so um, he paid a guy from Portland, Maine, $4,000, and that guy was going to get him to the top of Google, you know. And uh, so I think he might have made page 17 of Bing or something like that, you know, but he never made top of Google, you know. <laughs> so he paid that guy again. You know, the next year he rolls around. I remember having a conversation with my dad, and he said, oh, I'm going to pay this guy. Well, that didn't really work out for you last time. What did you get back from it? I don't know, you know. And um, and so he paid him again. He didn't pay him a third time. Um, but what I realized there was, man, there's this world of, of, of expertise out there that, that people get away with this, where they, they provide you something. There's no idea of what you're getting back for it. And I think businesses, even today, are still full of a ton of areas like that, where they're they're doing something and they're not sure what they're getting back for it. And so want to share that with you that that's actually how I got into SEO and, and uh, so that, that actually leads to a question that's been kind of pop coming up coming in front of mind as you've been talking about this I mean this whole idea of SEO you said you first met that word and you know when you were 17 18 SEO has been around for a while right Google kind of uh, yeah. coined that and pushed that uh, propagated that term out to everybody but it seems like every time they're making things familiar, the bar for going, the, the bar continues to rise as yeah, yeah. the sophistication that they expect of people continues to rise. I, I mean, this is probably like a broad brushstroke analogy here, but gosh, navigating healthcare 20 years ago, you go to your doctor, you pay them, right? Yeah. Now, I, I mean, I've got primary insurance, I've got secondary insurance, I've got, you know, you could have AFLAC, you get, you know, this, that, and the other. And who do I go see? Am I going to go see my general physician yeah. first? You know, you got specialists. It's so complicated now, right? It is. <laughs> think it is. And I think that's part of what's happened here is that it's not what you used when you were 17, 18 is wrong. It's just that it's not enough to get you in the door anymore. Yeah. 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 So actually, when I came into Lobster, um, we had been, 
in business for five or six years, I think, at that point. And, um, you know, one of the things that we recognized early on and, and um, I started to work on was was SEO specifically, because we were a little bit broader in our, our focus as an agency at that time. And um, yet we were doing about the same thing we were doing five or six years previous. And already, you know, it was just at that point, it was uh, results were starting to 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 be reduced um, out of the same efforts. And so, um, you know, that was 2014, like I said, so that was seven, seven years ago. Now, if you were to wait five years and do the same thing, you'd be out of business. You know, it, it's changing that fast now where there's hundreds of updates to Google a year. And so uh, there's just a, a, a tremendous amount of complexity to it. And we're not done, right? Where they're going with AI is that there's coming a day here not too far from now where no one at Google will be able to tell you what the secret sauce is either because it'll be all um, AI driven. And once they launch that within a, a matter of hours, nobody will know. You know? So, so um, we're going towards more complexity. Um, but so I think there's two ways to combat that. One is to, to both are probably necessary. One is to really try to continue to track down that complexity and, and categorize it, search through it and find areas that, um, that you can manipulate or, or that you can, you can, um, you know, attack. Um, and the other is to double down on the best practices that have worked, uh, for a long time, which is building a good business and making sure that business is represented correctly um, online. And so I think both of those probably have to happen. Uh, we're in the, the business of trying to do both, of trying to make sure those best practices are followed, but also we obviously spend a lot of resources on on tracking what Google's doing and making sure that our platform and our services are, are up, up to, to stuff with it. But if you're on your own, I think at this point, um, as a business owner, and you are just expecting that with little effort you're going to keep up uh, with what's going on i think that's a really difficult place now even more so than it was five ten years ago for sure so. yeah so uh, well, i mean we we call this data-driven insights into customers right uh and the purpose is we're starting to understand a little bit and what we've been talking about here is this platform that you've got to really use as the launching pad to get to understand your customers tell me about uh, i'll call i'll give it to you as uh, this way Talk to me about sophistication of the customers that you all work with, like on a scale of one to 10. How sophisticated do you think that customer is? 10 as in, man, I've got this stuff. I got it in my back pocket. I know it. I don't think anybody does the honest answer. Right. Yeah. Where, where do they start sophistication-wise? You know, is it a one, two, three? Is it a seven, right? And where do they move to as they kind of come through and work with you all in, in that sophistication process? Yeah, so, you know, obviously there's outliers to any generalization, you know, so we do work with people who have been, are very skilled, some, you know, at SEO or, or and they just reached a point in their business life cycle where they can't do it anymore. And so we have it's not what they want to do, right? Yeah, it's not what they want to do. Um, and uh, so we have those, those are, those are uh, fewer uh, and more far between than the normal, which is uh, in our industry, very often, a guy who worked for one of the big guys, you know, a Terminex and Orkin or something like that. And now they've gone out on their own and they've started their own business and they've been successful because they provide a great service or whatever that's been. And now they've reached a point where um, they've had to make a decision of, am I going to continue to grow this thing or am I going to just keep doing this on my own? And so usually, very often, we end up at that point um, beginning a relationship where they're saying, okay, no, I do want to grow this thing. And so now I got to get some help on the marketing side. And so at that point, um, 
very often we we run into a customer who's saying, "Look, I have some money, um, and I want to grow this thing. Get me leads," you know, and um, that is like my dad was probably the most uh, susceptible, you know, person that's the most susceptible to uh, being burned for sure. Um, because they don't have enough information to even gauge what what they're getting back, and um, and so um, you know that's that is a very common um, interaction that we have at the beginning. And so one of the things that we did back in 2018 when we became um, sister companies partners um, with Pest Routes um, was we felt that it was necessary to try to get our industry closer to where you know, if you're in the e-commerce world and you're you're uh, interacting with your customers, they buy a pair of shoes and you know exactly where they came to you from. You know how much money they spent. You have a direct line of communication. You continue to nurture them over time. I mean, it's all integrated. And yet, in pest control, especially even in 2018, it was completely disconnected. There was no there was no connection between marketing and sales and the the back end. Um, uh, software and so that's the reason we made that move and connected with pest routes was so that we could do that so what we try to do now is uh, we put people into a dashboard in a, in a portal where they can see you know these campaigns were run um, these people fill out a form or called and I can listen to their calls um, and then I can see what happened to them they converted they became a customer and um, they uh, even at this point um, you know, are paying me so much in recurring revenue or whatever that may be. And so we can track that. But along the way, we are talking with them, and explaining to them what those numbers mean, because, um, you know, ROI and how to calculate it and, all, and how we're calculating it, all those things are, um, uh, I think, discussions and topics that young business owners like to have, and they love to soak up that knowledge. And so we, we try to provide that as well at the same time. But the goal is to get to a place where that blind spot is exposed, right? And and now I can see, all right, that worked or it didn't work. And I can either do more of that or less of that or, or redirect those funds. And so I would hope that uh, as people leave over time or as they grow with us over time, whichever, um, that if, if anything else, they have a much better understanding of how to evaluate uh, what they're getting for the dollars. I think that's really important. Well, I mean, there's a book that was recently released by Dan Sullivan, you know, Who, Not How, right? Yep. And I think so many of us have been, you know, coming through the schooling system, have been told you, you, to be the master, you got to know the how of everything, uh, which, which is a kind of a fool's error. At least my, my opinion, it's a fool's yeah. error, right? And I think that's what the book talks about. Yeah. Being able to find the people, the who, who can kind of get you there and be the subject matter expert. I mean, that's what's allowed me to kind of leapfrog where I was. And I think that's kind of what I'm hearing from you is, they come in, you would like them to have a level of sophistication, understanding more than just, hey, this is about leads. This is about transforming sort of the way you connect, you know, uh, marketing and, and sales and operations, right? You know, there's a chain there. There's a kinetic chain. One does something for this and this does something for this and kind of feeds back. But they can come to you. You all get that and sort of the specific how of making that happen so that they can say, look, this is where I want to go. This is what I want to achieve and why. You can say... Yeah, I understand that. Here's step one. <laughs> Is that did I yeah. get that right? Yeah, no, exactly. And and you know, we at one time um, we were 
you know, basically um, a full scale agency that didn't have plans and you know, kind of made, you know, each customer came to us, they had a different, and we would kind of custom tailor. At this point, we even have plans that are, are based around exactly what you're saying of, we have this base level of best practices that has to be met. And most customers that come to us don't have that, right? They have a website they threw up on their own or, or you know, or whatever. So we have a, a, a level of base, base best practices that has to, to be met. And so, um, you know, we can work towards doing that and, and trying to get somebody on a, maybe a limited budget to just that base level, but then they can work on adding to that over time. And that's where that art comes in. And what are we building on top of those best practices? Um, and, uh, you know, it needs to grow with a business, right? And the business owner's understanding has to grow with the business. Their efforts have to, have to grow with the business. Um, you know, all of that has to grow with the business. And, and I think for us, it is a desire to be there and be a part of that. I think a lot, there's, there's an, one side is uh, an owner who might not pay attention or know what they're getting back for the return. Um, I think there's uh, the other side of that is also the owner who, um, you know, is just uh, making decisions constantly as a kind of a knee jerk reaction of, I've got to go over here and do this. Okay, now that didn't work and I've got to go over here and do this. And every time you do that, you're resetting what you're doing. And Google sees that and says, oh, well, you just, you were over here and doing this and now you're over here and doing this. And, um, and rather than sticking to best practices, sticking to what works and building on it, it's just kind of all over the place. And so I think those are the two kind of outliers, the more difficult situations we end up in. Uh, but for those that really, you know, hey, I got to get best practices going and I've got to build and build and build on top of that and use the metrics to show me what's working and what isn't. Um, those we've seen them have just tremendous success over over the years, and so we have customers at this point now that we worked with for ten years, and that's exciting. Especially in this day and age, it's not as heard of as it once was, you know. And it's exciting to see what that length of time doing things according to best practices ha has produced. It's just a big snowball that that's hard to for anybody else to to catch up to, you know. So absolutely. Look, I, I'd like to stop for a quick second here because uh, I think we may have people listening in. Uh, I'd love to see if there's anything that you're thinking. Do you agree with Ross? Do you disagree? Are these things that are new concepts for you? Have you heard of them before? Uh, let us know. I'm kind of curious what you're thinking and again, uh, where, where, you're, where are you connecting or where are you coming from? Um, got a bunch of blind spots that I've already started jotting down here. I'm, 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 I think I'm starting to become famous on my podcast for probably cap capturing every third word now because I'm writing so fast. <laughs> This, this is good. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning a lot. I, I want to talk about this customer journey, right? This idea of a customer that starts to learn about you. Uh, well, at least here's the way I think of the customer journey. First of all, it's awareness. They've got to know that you exist. And that's what we've been talking about is getting on Google just so they know you even exist, right? Uh, the nice pest uh, uh, control company, for example, right? Once they know about me, there's a whole know, like, and trust component. They've got to start to see, hey, who, who are these guys? Are they in my neighborhood? Do they come to my area? Do they do the types of services I want? And then finally, they got to get to a decision. So awareness, engagement, ownership, or, or decision-making. At each stage of that, the kind of conversation that you're having with them is slightly different. Talk, talk me through, how, do, how does that work? I mean, so somebody comes to Google and it says, uh, pest control near me. That's the beginning of the journey. Can you... Can you give me like an example of a company, please, uh, you know, be as, uh, uh, you know, detail or specific or, or uh, you know, objective as you as you need to be. But t 
take walk me through a journey what that story looks like how does that work yeah so um i think um pest control near me works i think a different example to start from would be like uh, you know what are these what are these bugs in my bedroom you know like mm. so they, they type that in and um you know they're looking at that point to identify is this thing going to uh, you know, probably somebody in the house is freaking out. You know, uh, there's a, a lot of emotion involved in a, uh, very often in an emergency pest control purchase. And so, um, you know, they, they're looking for an answer quickly on what is this and is it going to hurt me? And so we, we create a lot of um, content to answer those questions, especially for specific regions of the country. So they're going to land. They're going to they're going to see first. OK, um, this is you've got two two paths there at that moment. This isn't going to hurt me, and it is um, just annoying. That's one path. This is a bed bug, and I need to get out of my house right now. You know, that's that is a, a, a different path. And so, the the person who has got that emergency situation where this is a bed bug, and I want to get out of get this out of my house right now, they're going to look to see quickly can this company take care of me, and uh, they're going to look for for help quickly. Uh, and then it comes down to at that point. Number one, are you in my area? Can you service me? Number two, do you look professional? And um, number three, can I trust you? Which is a combination of do you look professional and what have other people said about you? What are your reviews? Uh, and then the last one is um, how quickly can you get here and how much do you cost? Right. That's just the two that are kind of sandwiched together at the end. And so for those situations, you got to get through those as fast as you can because somebody just wants to get. They're not going to shop. Those customers don't shop around. They make a quick decision on somebody getting to their house. And if you can be that person that responds to them fastest and gets there quickest, then you're going to get that work. The other path, though, is somebody who recognizes, okay, this is a, you know, some type of bug that's not going to bother me, um, but it is annoying and I want them gone uh, and I don't have a pest control service right now. They're going to start to do some research and um, they're going to want to know information about what the services are and um, are they healthy and, and green and um, you know, you don't you don't see that as much with the emergency. Nobody cares if it's hurting the environment in the middle of the night when, when the bugs in the bed. You know, they just want it gone. You know, and uh, but those that have a that are looking for a plan to get rid of things that annoy them that aren't quite so so uh, threatening to them, they're going to take more time. They're going to shop. They're going to read through how is this company going to interact with me and how are they going to treat my home? What is what's going to happen? They want to know what's going to happen. Um, but they're really at that point still looking for who do I trust to solve this problem. And once they've established this is the company I trust, then they'll go with that company ultimately, usually. Usually they're not, as pest control consumer, consumers, they don't actually spend a lot of time price shopping. So going around from site to site and saying, well, this guy's the cheapest. So um, usually pest control purchases are, purchasers are um, uh, middle class or upper middle class. And so they're not as price, um, you know, uh, focused. Yeah. They want somebody they trust to come fix the problem. But it still will then be, okay, can they service me? And when can they get here and how much do they cost? But those are all much, much uh, lower on the list than how are they going to treat me? How are they going to treat my house? And can I trust them? So, so here, here's what I understood from all of that, my takeaway. Uh, I'm trying to distill a lot of all that stuff that you've just said, and I'm trying to unpack that into simple sentences, which is, is, is a difficult thing to do here. Um, so I think what I heard is 
you got to really start to get into your customer's shoes and understand how they think, right? What is the behavior? If they have a bug, you know, if, if the question is probably, what is this bug or what is this, you know, rodent, whatever the case may be. The next question is, in their mind, the emotion that's going through their head as in, is, do I need to get this out of my house right now? Because spouse, kids, whatever else, myself, I'm not sleeping until it is. Well, they're probably going to call you right away and you need to give, be able to give them that action and respond to that. Alternatively, there's the side where someone says, all right, I, I got a little bit of time here. Let, let me find the person who can I can deal with. And you got, and you got, I mean, I think there's a decision for a company to make there. Who are you really trying to service there? Right? Are, are you, do you want to go at two o'clock in the morning? Well, that's fine. That's a different type of response and a different type of emotion that you're responding to. So it's ultimately about how you make these people feel and understanding what their behavior is and helping them feel it. Am I getting that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially in this type of purchase. So there's a lot of decisions for a business owner right there, yeah, <laughs> right? There is. Mm-hmm. Uh, walk, walk me through that decision tree a little bit. How do, you, how do you guide them through that pathway? Is it something that all, they already know the answer to oftentimes? Yeah, you know, I think um, there's a number of aspects uh, to discuss in that. I think, you know, with the basics of you, you then make sure your representation is one that is somebody that you yourself would want to work with, you know, and, um, and that, you know, those in your, your target demographic would want to want to work with. And so I think that's really important. Um, but a lot of the decisions now, I think, that are a little, a um, little deeper that a business owner has to make is how has to make is how, like you said, do they want to answer the phone, um, you know, at night or on the weekends? And of course, there's services now where you you can have somebody else do that for you. But, um, you know, for us, that is, do you want to sell pest control online? Do you do you want to be able to not only provide them with these other trust factors, but the ability to actually say, well, actually, I can can sign up, purchase and and schedule my time and get someone um, headed my way as soon as possible. all without leaving this website and those are decisions that can be um you know pretty big for a company because they've used to doing something a certain way or their scheduling works a certain way and uh, and so it's now it's not just so much about um you know how i i I represent myself as far as my pictures are concerned or my information is concerned but it's also what are the tools that i use to interact with this customer Um, because we're in a world now where if you have 10 customers, they want to interact with you in 10 different ways. And, um, and so it's adopt, which of those are you going to adopt? Which ones fit your business are, are important decisions to make as well. I think at this point. Well, so this brings up a really interesting point or, or kind of what's going through my rattling in my head, as you're saying that is just, uh, you know, as a data company, we often come in, uh, to help them visualize how to change the behaviors, employees and, and the company. Right. I talk about the 300 watt light bulb going to a 300 watt laser. The laser is incredibly powerful, right? Because you focus the effort here. And we often come to companies and we find out that they've got a bunch of KPIs. But when we start asking them questions, is that really getting you where you want? Because we can draw those conclusions for them. They start finding out that those KPIs aren't really what they wanted. And I think I'm hearing a little bit of that here, right? These are not, you know, changing KPIs in your company is not an easy thing to do. But once you start getting asked the right questions, you start saying, for example, production per hour, right? Lots of companies, I want to look at production per hour, but they also talk about safety. Well, which one is it? Because production per hour means they're going to drive faster. (laughs) So you're giving your employees two different messages. Where I'm going with that is, as you're talking to companies, those kind of 
what I call paradoxes or uh, the irony of those things. Yeah, hey, look, we'll we'll help anybody at two o'clock in the morning. Well, well, no, 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 no not that. <laughs> well, I yeah. think we just said everything. <laughs> all right, which yeah. one is it? Uh, is, is that is that as they go through the process with you all? Is that part of that process? Is walking them through that and saying, "Help me understand this. Help me understand this." You want to only you want to do mosquitoes, and that's what you want to do. You don't want to touch uh, ticks, mites, bugs, and, yeah, yeah, bed bugs, whatever, right? Yep. Um, how long does talk me through that process from when somebody first talks to you all and says, "Hey, I want to do this," and they've said, uh, you know, they start out with saying. Hey, I, I need some more leads. You, you kind of smile and say, "Let me, let me, let me expand the picture a little bit more. It's more than just leads, right? <laughs> it's picking the customers that you want and where they are." How does that process? I mean, someone comes to you. How long does that process take before someone starts seeing some results? Because I think that's what everyone wants, right? Yeah, you know, I think that is it is what everyone wants, and it's also the hardest question to answer, right? Because um, you know, for instance, somebody says, "Hey, look, I got five hundred dollars to spend. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and I want more leads for pest control." I would say use that $500 on gas right? <laughs> and go drive around and talk to some homeowners because to rank digitally there now takes a tremendous amount of effort, right? Uh, you have companies that are spending so much money there. And so, um, you know, I think that it it's so dependent upon what service you're offering and what part of the country you're going to be in, how much, what, you, what you're, you're trying to spend and what you're trying to get back. Um, you know, all of those things come into that discussion. I think um, one of the things you just hit on, though, was this discussion about how you want to interact with your customers. I mean, on the first side of that, of what services you actually want to offer, most companies know that when we begin to, to discuss with them. Um, but the do you want to sell online? Do you want to sell at, uh, at all hours of the day, uh, which can impact what time you're running your ads and all of those things? Um, those are the discussions that are usually uh, uh, that take a little more time and a little more um uh, thinking through because a lot of times they haven't thought through that and um, they saw, uh, you know, selling online in a demo and they thought that was really cool, but now they've got to think about how that impacts their business. And so usually that takes a little more time, uh, you know, to to uh, process through um, as far as how they want to interact and when they want to interact and what they want to actually do for their customers than it does to determine what services they're going to offer. So so I'm, I'm trying to, uh, again, once again, distill kind of what I'm hearing from you. There's this one part of what do you want to focus on in line, right? That's sort of some business and internal decisions, right? I only want to do bed bugs. I don't want to do bed bugs. As an, that decision that's probably already been made in the company, they're probably familiar with. Yep. Then there's this whole component of uh, Google. What is what are the best practices with Google? What what is going to get the Google bouncer to let you in the door, right? But you got to marry those two things, and that's yeah, that's really where you guys. That's why while you do have sort of packages and templates that you use, it is not, it is still not one size fits all because how this layers in with this is still different, right? Because you could have one company that says, hey, I want to do bed bugs and here's how you do it. One company that doesn't want to do bed bugs already different, right? Yeah. Am, I, am I saying that the right way? Yeah, that what you, I think you hit it because, so I'll give you a, uh, an example of what happens often that is, a, is a, in not, not a correct way of looking at it. You know, we might end up with a company that's saying, um, you know, rather than saying what you're kind of where you're going, they're saying, hey, I really want this button color to be, you know, a different color or whatever. And that's where all their focus is going. Um, rather than on, hey, I've got a nice site here that is right in line with, with 
with Google's best practices. It's given me the, uh, the great platform. It's tied to all these marketing operational tools that are really good. Um, and now how do I as a business figure out who these customers are that I'm targeting and what information I'm going to present on that platform or how I'm going to interact with them through that platform and attract them uh, you know, that's the piece that should be focused on over some of these other things that often gets a, a business owner's attention that are really not that important. You know, I had a pest control owner at one time of a, you know, a, a, a decent sized company, like a $5 million pest control company, um, you know, tell me that um, they were, they were talking with a, a, uh, another person who had been a, a CEO at a big company, and he said, oh, we spent $2 million to determine our button colors. And I said, well, if you spend $2 million to determine your button colors as a pest control company, you're probably going to be out of business <laughs> because it's not relevant. It's not that relevant to uh, you at your company size. You're, you you know, take the platform that is is meeting all of the science, meeting all of the, the best practices, but, but, but interact with your customers, figure out who these customers are that you're trying to attract specifically and um, and think about how we're going to reach them rather than uh, some of these details that are not as important. And it's easy, though, to get, I think, sidetracked by things that are just not important. You know, one of the things I think I've learned over time is that um, being the smartest guy in the room is not usually, first of all, that's not my strong, has never been my strong suit. <laughs> but being the smartest guy in the room is actually probably the worst position to be in because I, I'm looking for others to constantly tell me how to do things better. But what's important for me is to continue to apply it. Just continue to apply it. I think 1% every day. If I can improve by 1% every day, I'm getting somewhat 300 days, 100 days, I'm 100% better, right? Yeah. And I think I'm hearing that as sort of a, a subtext here, sort of a, you know, a reading between the lines is this is not about, you know, knee jerk reactions, moving all kinds of stuff, start doing it, start doing it, tweak, tune, tweak, tune, tweak, tune. And eventually it'll, it'll be on point. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that fair? Absolutely. You know, I mean, I think there's other avenues. Like if you want, I want to grow really fast. And, well, then that's why we run Google ads and we go get, we just pay for customers after customer, right? Or, or get door knocking companies to come in and they'll just get you, right? But when it comes to your long-term source of, of cheap growth, that's, that is going to be through a natural interaction with customers. And, um, and so that is something that is built over time. Uh, it's not something that anybody can like my dad, oh, you give me four grand, I'm going to get you on top of Google in the next few months. That's just not reality. And so it's got to be this continual movement forward. And of course, that old adage of, um, you know, you want to be there already, you know, and it's the, you know, when's the best time to plant a tree, right? It's 20 years ago. But, you know, if you didn't, you should plant one today. You know? <laughs> so yeah. I had a, I heard a really interesting stat. I mean, this stat's probably a number of years old, probably about seven, eight years old now, but it's, it still resonates with me. And it was from uh, HubSpot, which is a you know, huge marketing company. It was there. Uh, their founder uh, wrote a book, um, I want to say probably back in 2011. So yeah, probably 10 years ago. And he talked about this idea that the content that they've written in their blog posts, they continually put out blog posts, blog posts, content, content, and they're constantly yeah. taking the same content and upcycling it and using it again a different way. You know, put the put the bug up at the top of the page as opposed to the bottom of the page or to the left or you know whatever else. Uh, and they said that they get thirteen thousand inbound leads every month. Wow, what a staggering number! <laughs> he said fifty six percent of that comes from blog posts that we wrote six years ago. I was like, gosh, that's that's great. So 
but you think that he also said that we have 8,000 blog posts and he said, there's probably about 25 topics, <laughs> right? Yeah. So you're taking it and you're massaging it. You're, you're making it a square, you're making it an octagon, whatever else, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you're making it red versus yellow, blue, green, whatever. Yeah. But over time you build that. And what happens is people just start saying, you know, what, what is this bug? Because they took a picture of it or they see a picture on a web page, like, yeah, that's that's the one I that's the one I have in my room right now. Yeah. Or that I've had I've seen two times crawling through it later at night. That's the company I want to. Right. So it just starts to pay dividends over time because you're absolutely building equity, not renting. Is that does that that's make correct. sense? Yeah, yeah, it's an investment, right? And so um, that type of marketing is a, is truly an investment where you're paying money every month or whatever to have this content created that is going to produce results for years and years to come. And so it's the long-term piece of your marketing investment. And, um, you know, I think so the, the blind spot there is very obviously that then if you are doing that, but thinking, well, I just produced a blog last month and it has only produced one lead for me, you know, then it's worthless. No, because it's, it's, it's part of an overall snowball that you're pushing, you know, and, um, and so, yeah, I think that's really important to, to think of it the way you just described, for sure. It's, it is um, those companies that have been doing that for a long time. It's not that you can't catch up. You can, but you're going to have to put in the work and, and think about it correctly as you build up your own, uh, you know, lead sources. So, uh, you know, I use LinkedIn a lot because uh, we provide analytics to companies so that they can actually take action, build the cultures and the strategy they want. Uh, and that message is not something that you can have in the in a five minute conversation, <laughs> you got to break it into no. components and different people are different parts of their journey in, 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 in doing that. And it's funny, whenever people start to follow me and I'm starting to see this real rise and in influx in people who are starting to follow me, right? You know, I'll get five and six people in a day now, six months ago, that wasn't the case. But when someone likes and follows me, I'll see them go back and like six articles. And I was like, I forgot that I didn't publish that thing so long time ago. And I think that's essentially what you're saying here is this is not something that you're trying to create to get a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Hey, I just got $50,000 in business. You'll get $50,000 in business, but it'll come over time, but it won't stop at 50,000. It'll just keep going beyond that. Yeah. Am I thinking about that the right way? Is that is that the right way to think about it? I guess is the question. Absolutely. Right. I mean, we have had customers that come in, they work with us for a year or less than a year or whatever, and they have that mentality that we, you know, even though we've been doing all these things and getting and heading in the right direction and all these other metrics of traffic sources are growing, all of this, the bottom line, I don't feel like I got the leads and they move on. I don't know what happens to them over time because they're not with us. But I know that the companies that have been with us for a long time that we've continued to do these things for, um, now they sit back and you look at their cost per leads on a monthly basis, it's like $2, $1.50. Like it's unbelievable. And and so we're at a point now where we're seeing the, the value of that. Companies have been with us three or four years that are are a, a fraction of the cost per leads that they were um, either three or four years ago when we started. And so um, I think those things are really important to keep in mind if you're trying to grow digitally. And um, I don't know of many businesses that aren't at this point. So, yeah, uh, it, I mean, it's this whole idea of, you know, if you want to achieve mastery, they say 10,000 hours, right? And it's roughly five years of full time. Yeah. So if you truly want to achieve mastery in doing something, this this is not something you're going to, I mean, look, there's plenty of people who do it their whole life <laughs> and it takes them a while to get it. Uh, well, uh, I might say there's a bit of arrogance to think, hey, I'm going to come in in one month and boom, it's working. <laughs> well, I mean, we, on the other side of this, I, you know, we interview people to come work for us and, um, you know, it's like, oh, I was doing this, I've been out of it for a couple of years, but I, and immediately you start talking and it's, 
their mastery that they did have, they stepped out for two years and now they're left behind as far as the knowledge goes. So it's definitely an interesting industry for sure. So um, if you could, uh, someone who wants to start to embark on this journey, they, they start to see this, they see it today or they see it, you know, three months from now because it's on YouTube. We put a, a post on LinkedIn or Facebook or something like that. They see something here. What are the, give me maybe one, two or three items. What are the things that you wish more people knew kind of when stepping into this process that would help them because an educated customer is from, in my mind, the educated customer is the best customer for me, right? They know yeah. what value I provide to them. What are those one to three things that you wish they knew themselves? Well, I would say number one is you want to, if you're going to start building in this direction, you want to know um, what, what the results of your actions are. Um, and so if that is, um, you know, marketing and digital presence, um, you, you, you don't want to view it as, how, you know, just a straight out one version of how many leads am I getting or whatever. There's a number of metrics that can show you where, what the results are um, of, of what you're doing around traffic, all of those things that are important. So you want to be building in an environment or with a platform that um, is going to give you the ability to see, I mean, that's HubSpot, all of those, that's where they've made their bajillions of dollars on. They want to be, want to be in a position number one where you can, you can know and understand what your what your results are from your actions. Um, you know, the second one I would say is you are either going to have to put that time in um, to get mastery in order to uh, enact those best practices or um, uh, or be able to have something to build that artwork on that we were talking about, um, or you're going to have to get a platform um, or, a, or a partner that's going to help you get there faster. Uh, there's, there is um, really no way around that. And so there's two ways to do that. One is to get a partner that um, is going to do it all for you. Um, and that's one way to go. The other is there's a lot of great tools now um, that can, can help you speed some of that up. But you're going to have to get, get some help uh, unless you, you want to put that 10,000 hours in. Um, and then the last one would be um, that just like any other you know purchase you're you're going to make uh, you you've got to find somebody that uh, you feel like you can trust um, to to discuss these things with. So I don't mean that you got to come to Lobster because you can trust. I mean whether that is somebody that's a consultant that you you would trust to help you through that, or it is an agency that you've, or just a friend that knows what they're talking about. There's somebody that you've got to uh, you know that you got to get somebody that you trust to help you think through these things and um, and evaluate what you're doing. And so it's not just the numbers, the interpretation of those numbers are really important. And that's where somebody that you trust comes in uh, to help you through that. And the last one, I guess I would say is um, make sure that you are viewing it as what I said at the beginning, that who I am digitally is who I actually am in today's, um, you know, um, commerce, that, that I can't ignore who I am online. Um, and expect to grow a really big, great business at this point. Who I am virtually is who I really am in, in today's world. So I think that's the last piece. Yeah, some some good good points in there. You know, I, I think the the one that stuck out with me in number two is that you need to have a time or a partner. I've I you know I tell my kids that uh, all money does is accelerate time, right? So you can spend the ten thousand hours yourself, or spend yep. spend the time with somebody else, and you you don't get. Three, you know, if it's three hundred dollars a month, five hundred dollars, whatever that number is, right? That that you spend on the monthly, that monthly spend is, 
you're not getting you're not buying 10 hours you're buying the 15 years of experience to get That's to that correct. point where they could do it in an hour and a half yeah. <laughs> right yeah. you're buying all that experience in the organization and the, all the conferences and the studying of the science behind the google and, and the customers and acquiring them yep. um lots of uh, lots of good 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 stuff here uh ross um you know what what i always do here man just for anyone uh listening in I always take these and I put some show notes together. You know, uh, I, I always think of this as the education of Vinay. Vinay is always trying to up his game. I, my, my game just went up another level here. And what I do is I take these and distill these into show notes and, you know, kind of give you my one, two or three real big takeaways for anyone. And I'll put that in the notes. Um, awesome. Ross, is there, uh, what contact, if someone wants to get in touch with you or want to start the process uh, with lobster marketing, what, what's the best, what's that information I should put um, in, 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 the, in those notes, what's the best way to start to connect you, with you guys? Well, uh, you know, this phone number, number one, which is 888-891-5189. And so that one's always uh, quick and easy. Um, but then anybody who wants to, for any, any reason, you know, can always email me. It's ross at lobstermarketing.com for sure. I'd be happy to talk. Well, I will. Um, if it's sales, I'll pass you on to a salesman, and we'll have that discussion. But I like to talk business or whatever else too, so feel free to email for any reason. So, so uh, I got I got the eight 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 number, and I've got Ross at Lobster Marketing. I'll put those into the uh, the links. Um, I'll put the link to this podcast if you ever want to go back through it via Google, excuse my YouTube or anywhere else. Uh, to those who've been listening in, thanks thanks for listening in. Hopefully you are furiously jotting notes like I was in, in, in up-leveling your game uh, like I always I always try to do. Uh, so thanks for listening in. Ross, thanks for uh, spending some time and dropping many years of knowledge from the age of 18. <laughs> <In> <laughs> Thank you so much. How to think yeah. about this, yeah. Yeah, really, really great um, conversation, and as it always is with you, and I really appreciate it. So. Well, thank you. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm a curious sort, so I always get a lot of these things. <laughs> I like that. It's good. Makes <laughs> you think. Me. It's great. <laughs>